When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're a Man U fan or a Tottenham fan, for that matter, it'll be a good morning for you. No, not so much if you support Newcastle or Chelsea. The Red Devils have lifted the Carabao Cup. Uh, meanwhile, closer to home, the Wellington Phoenix have ended their run of away games with a sneaky one-all draw against the Central Coast Mariners with me now as former All-Whites goalkeeper Jacob Spoonley, of course, a Sky analyst as well. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Jacob. Yes, good morning for Spurs. Good morning for Man U. A very good morning for both teams, Smitty. Um, I'm sure you're happy with how things are turning out at the moment. That um, It does, of course, mean that Chelsea are really on the rocks this season, even more so than my Liverpool. Well, it does, uh, under real pressure, actually. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to the EPL shortly, but um, the Phoenix, um, they snuck a point uh, over the weekend um, with uh, Oscar Zavada uh, scoring the 94th minute after Central Coast had someone sent off. And he did. It was, I think, a really important point for the Wellington Phoenix. Uh, you would have been one, uh, as I'm sure many at home um, that watched the game, that wasn't particularly impressed with the performance. I think the Phoenix, they could probably look to some sort of um, lethargic uh, aspect that they've been in Wellington for one of only their last eight games. They've been travelling over the full month of February. So I think some of that did creep into their game. I think also... It's a mentality thing with this Phoenix side. They seem to be coming up against a glass ceiling and they are able to put together a run of maybe two to three good games, but they just haven't quite got on an absolute tier yet and um, started dominating opponents. That said, Smithy, Central Coast Mariners are second in the competition. They are the entertainers of the competition. And the Wellington Phoenix defence, led by some wonderful stopping from Ollie Sale did keep them at bay for large parts of the match. Um, so I think if you said before the game, Wellington Phoenix travelling to second in the competition, a team that has scored freely over the course of this season, would you take a point? I think Ufuk Tully would have signed up for that. I mentioned one red card. I should have mentioned three red cards, including the coach, Nick Montgomery. Uh, what is it about the feistiness between these two sides? <laughs> Uh, it's a great one, Smitty. I don't think this is the last time these two sides will see each other. They're not scheduled to play each other uh, for the remainder of the season, but they both seem to be finals bound. And if they do come up against each other in the finals, in that pressure cooker, even more so than a season game, I think we could see more fireworks. I don't know what it is, Smitty, but the teams just do not seem to like each other. You'll remember in the game in Wellington recently, Ollie Sale was taking a goal kick, and Nick Triantis thought he could jump across the front of him. Ended up studying Ollie in the wrist and on the hip. Completely inappropriate. Don't know why he was doing it, but it speaks to this real feistiness that exists between the teams. We saw that again in the weekend. I actually think uh, Brian Caltech was unfortunate. He made a lunging tackle. His studs hit the ball. They rolled up into David Ball's shin. The result being a red card, and I think if you look at it from a results perspective, yes, absolutely, the contact was dangerous. However, from a process point of view, Ryan played the ball, he made contact with the ball, and he was unfortunate. Um, that was then truck and trailered by 
Moresh, uh, a Brazilian who's just coming back in uh, to the fold for Central Coast Mariners, he decided to try and poke Scott Wooden in the eye. Now, that doesn't fly at all. So, in my mind, both of those red cards can be justified. The one that really did raise an eyebrow, though, was Nick Montgomery, who seemed to take issue in particular with the Moresh sending off and himself received a second yellow card and joined uh, Moresh um, and Brian Caltech uh, in the change room early. Yeah, really weird, really weird. But however, um, they'll look at the disciplinary side of things. Uh, it appeared that Ufuk Tale looked pretty happy after the match, but a road trip with four points out of a possible 12 when you're a contender, is that acceptable? He'll be happy with the point uh, acquired at Central Coast. I think one of the big banana peels that the Wellington Phoenix unfortunately slipped on was the game last week against um, MacArthur. They lost to MacArthur again, or they missed a couple of penalties. And I think they'll look back on that result in particular if they don't achieve understanding um, they won at the end of the season and say that definitely was impactful. MacArthur are a side that the, there's a lot of issue, there's a lot of instability around the team. Um, the managers and the, sorry, the ownership seem to take a, a lot um, of interest in what's going on and, and maybe meddle. So Dwight York's gone. He just left when the Phoenix played them. And they came out of the gates storming against MacArthur. They really should have converted that performance into three points. So I'm, I think the Central Coast game is one that they'll be happy with. The loss against MacArthur is one that they'll look back on with regret. And potentially also that game against Melbourne Victory. Albeit that since the Phoenix beat Melbourne Victory, they've gone on to not only beat um, the top of the table in Melbourne City, but they put in a great performance against third on the table in Adelaide United. So I actually don't think Melbourne Victory are out of the playoffs just yet. Right, let's look at uh, the women's Phoenix. Of course, another loss um, over the weekend, uh, losing to Sydney 1-0 this time. Um, And we've cut them uh, a lot of slack because they were new. They had to play away from home. They're very young. But how much slack can we cut them, particularly Natalie Lawrence? Look, I think this is a season where there will need to be a review of the overall approach. And the overall approach should be um, comprehensive. So stand back and ask, what are we trying to achieve with this team? How are we going to go about achieving it? And and who are we entrusting um, to execute? Um, We haven't, quite simply, we haven't seen this Wellington Phoenix team kick on and take the next step. And to your point, um, there are demands that come with professional football. It really is a win-now industry, and development is set alongside that. So... Yes, um, there has to be flexibility provided because there's this long-term play to get the under-20s, a generation of under-20 New Zealand players up to speed and to give them professional opportunities. However, we want to see them developing. They need to kick on and, importantly, provide competition to our football firms. Uh, We have seen that um, in patches this season. I think Michaela Foster um, is someone that has done wonderfully well uh, she had a great impact when she came on against Argentina for the Ferns midweek. She backed that up with a really comprehensive performance against the side that has dominated this competition for a number of years in Sydney FC. Um, and the, she, she's starting to form a very dangerous combination with Millie Clegg down the left-hand side. However, Smithy, and this is the caveat to that um, positive feedback, both of those players were not signed before the season and both are signed on scholarship deals. So it feels like their positive impacts on the team have come about through chance and not design. And that's the frustrating part of this. 
that we want to see this team develop and we want to see a clear structure, a design about how they're going to achieve that development. Okay, well, let's get uh, to the EPL. And uh, there are rumours that uh, Erling Haaland and Pep Guardiola don't see eye to eye, but uh, Pep's got to be pretty happy with uh, him just the same, scoring his 27th goal for City and their win over 4-1 win over Bournemouth. And no other player uh, for City has scored that many goals in a single Premier League season. (laughs) I think you summed it up beautifully there. There is no one like him. He is... Um, this machine, and we don't use that word lightly, he just seems to be able to be churning out goals and performances. He seems to be so finely calibrated. His runs, his finishing is something that I don't think we've really seen before outside of a couple of Messi and, and Ronaldo. So the issue isn't that he's contributing to this team. The issue is that the team potentially hasn't adapted to include him. Um, we're seeing Pep ask him to come short to create a foundation um, to bring other players into the game. But actual fact, he's so dangerous playing on shoulders. He's so dangerous utilising those finely tuned runs that he's put together, um, particularly at Dortmund, but before that um, at Salzburg. And it seems like it's a bit of an ego tussle at the moment where Guardiola is saying, I've always been successful. You're going to need to fit in within my system. And Harlan saying, well, I've always been successful. I've always scored goals. Surely you can accommodate me a little bit more. I think we did see it at the start of the season, Smithy. Um, there was a wonderful combination with Kevin De Bruyne. But over the course of the season, it seems like Pep's asked Harlan more and more to adapt to his style of play. And I don't think that's sustainable from a long-term point of view because Harlan clearly is a plug-and-play type player where you want him to be given the freedom to do what he does and you want to create a pathway to getting the ball to him Pep doesn't seem to be making that his priority A1 at this point. Right, hey, oh then, uh, Chris Wood. Now, I watched this game. I watched Forrest um, playing uh, at the weekend, and I thought to myself, he's just the target up front there, but it's a target they didn't seem to find very often, unfortunately, and uh, came off after, what, about 65 minutes. Yeah, it seems to be the way in which Woodsy's being used by Steve Cooper um, early doors at the moment. He starts, and if he's not productive after 60 minutes, then he gets dragged, or he potentially starts on the bench, and then after a half or even 60 minutes, Cooper looks to introduce him. And he has, obviously, given Cooper rewards in that wonderful um, goal against Man City late on. I think Woody's still um, betting into this Nottingham Forest team, and I think the important point is that this Nottingham Forest team is still figuring each other out. There's obviously been so much recruitment. They've brought in, I think, it's somewhere between 12 and 15 players since the start um, of the season. Um, so that's a huge change. Uh, Woodsy um, obviously has moved from Burnley to Newcastle, now Newcastle to Nottingham. Um, you'd expect someone of his class, of his experience, to find goals and to create a platform for players. He is doing that, but potentially not with the regularity that he quite wants at this point. I think he'd be looking to have a big impact on Nottingham Forest to get them out of this conversation that is the relegation. Um, and they're not they're not there, they're not in the midst of it, but they're definitely on the fringe of Smithy. OK, uh, just um, just finally then on, on Chris Wood, do you expect him to stay there? Or do you think he's still floating? I think he'll stay there at Nottingham Forest. Um, he has had his deal... Uh, become permanent. Um, so that happened, I think it was last week. And he was initially on a loan, um, then got elevated to a permanent 
transfer. I think we'll see him stay at Nottingham Forest, maybe for a, at least another season. Um, and I think importantly, that does signal his intent, not only at club level, but also at international level, where he does just want to get caps, he wants to get goals. And anyone that watched the Kiwi Football Fix last week uh, will have seen his um, resounding, yes, I'm available for the two matches uh, against China here later on, or not this month, but next month in March. Um, so I think we're very blessed to have someone of his calibre playing at that top league as he has done so for going on a decade now, but also his motivation and investment into our national side. Great news. Uh, Jacob, always uh, fantastic to catch up with you, my friend. Uh, terrific weekend of football. They just keep coming, the great games. Uh, 9.46, thanks for your time. Have a great day, mate. No problem. Cheers, Millie.